and welcome to the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast, episode 49, Summer Vacation. And today is July 6th, 2022. Anyway, I'm your host, Spencer, and with me are my co-hosts, Dan. In the plural, more than one. More than one. And Mark. Hello, it's so good to be back. The champion, <laughs> Mark. Congratulations. Yeah, man, <laughs> you're you. kicking ass and taking names. So you took first again? Uh, no, I did not take first. I did oh, play. Oh, I thought you well, won. <laughs> no, no, but I played. I got second last night when I played okay. in the pinball. That's, so that was what? cool. Second is nothing to uh, be embarrassed about, man. Um, the, you got some, the, what's it, the Reno Pin Brawl? The Tuesday yes, Pin Brawl? Yes, the Tuesday Pin Brawl. Yes, uh, Ted took first and I took second. And I was tied uh, with nine points with some other people, but with the tiebreaker that it was set up in match play, I just pulled ahead to make second place. So it was a it was a nail biter for sure. What game was it the uh the tiebreaker on? Uh there was no tiebreaker match, but the two games that determined my fate were Godzilla and Avengers that Ted both owns. So oh, hacks. So he had an advantage. <laughs> so it but was he played two, really well. Okay, so it was two Elwin games. Two Elwin games on my last games that I played in the uh in the tournament. Damn, that's like putting your feet to the fire, huh? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was close on uh, Godzilla, but unfortunately, uh, I just couldn't pull it off by getting a good multi-ball and stacking it with Gigan, which I should have. But I didn't want to risk it because I was afraid if I missed that scoop, down the drain. I'm so so bad at that scoop shot, man. I I know. That's what I'm saying. So I I took the chance and uh, instead of playing... Uh, with risk, I said, forget it. I'm just going to start multi-ball and see how long I can keep it going. But I didn't have enough to excel past the score. Cause I think he got over 150 million on it. And I was like 74. So, yeah. You know, that game is all about, especially, I mean, all the Ellen games, especially Godzilla more than any other one, I think is all about risk reward. I mean, it really is. And if, if you succeed in the risk taking, you're rewarded handsomely. And if you don't succeed, it's, it's, you know, it's a brick to the face. You know, there's no mercy there. And it's timing. It's stacking modes with multi-balls at the right time and knowing which one to choose. There's a lot of strategy, which is common with a lot of pinball that we play. Right. But um, it just didn't work in my favor, even though I was happier with what I ended up with catching up. Cause I was like, my first ball was like 5 million. <laughs> and then my second ball was 12. So I had to start multi-ball just to at least get, not get last place. And that did keep me in the running. And then of course, uh, Avengers, I had a good shot of starting a multi-ball with uh, Iron Man. But unfortunately, when the ball came back, I decided to flip it to try to get the, uh, oh gosh, was that, that skill shot that you have to make periodically. And I hit it the wrong time and it went the right out lane instantly. So I was thinking to myself, why did I flip it? I should have just let it drop onto my flipper and just dead flip it. But I didn't do that. And that cost me. But it still was a fun tournament and we had a great turnout. We had 27 players that showed up a day after 4th of July, which I was shocked that that many people showed up. So it was wonderful. No, that's awesome, especially the day after the fourth with people going out of town. And, of course, being on a Monday, people were probably uh, 
um, coming back, you know, from all that already. But that's still awesome. That shows it's growing in your area. And we have other games that we added it to the lineup now. We have a beautiful Star Trek LE, uh, an original back glass that looks really nice. Uh, we got Star Wars back. We have a new Attack from Mars machine that replaced the other one. And we got a Jurassic Park uh, premium. Nice. So, yeah. So they're flipping or they're moving the games around and a black hole, which is one of the most gorgeous black holes. If you played it at Pinagogo that Kevin Woods brought, that's the one that's over at Press Start. Well, I'm definitely glad to hear that you guys lost the AFM that you had there because, man, that thing was never nice to me. Oh, it was so brutal. This one's worse because we made the outlanes as wide as they could be to shorten the playtime so that we're not stuck on that game forever when we play in the tournaments. So it's even more brutal. <laughs> as long as I can make some shots on it. I don't know what, what it was about that AFMR that they had there before, but I just couldn't get a feel for that machine at all. Usually I'm pretty good at attack from Mars too, but not that one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The one thing that I noticed with this game that was replacing the other one is that it is easier to shoot up the ramps. So getting the orbits, but trying to lock the ball, I can't time it correctly where I need to shoot it on the flipper. I, I brick it every time. So I'm trying to figure out that shot, but all the other stuff works pretty well getting up the ramps where the one we had before I could never hit a ramp to save my life. So I usually went for the center shot to hit the force field down. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where you start. Anyway, you got to drop the shields and get in the multi ball and blow up some UFOs and make some points. Exactly. But it's still a nice looking game. It doesn't have the side blades that light up like the other one did, but it's still in good condition. It needs a little flipper overhaul i think it's a little weak on the flippers but overall it is in great condition as all the other games are at the place uh we got old chicago back so monaco is gone now uh that one uh, actually played really well on in one of the rounds which usually kills me and gives me a zero <laughs> so that was to my advantage when I was there last with you guys, it played. I, I love the way that played. That was one of the nicest playing old Chicago's that I've ever played. It, it was clean. It shot great. Yeah, it's it shoots better than it did when it was there before. Oh, uh, wow. So, yeah, it plays really well. Maybe it got a little love when it was uh, on its vacation. I think it did. Speaking of vacations, somebody very- else just got back from one. Oh, what a segue. Do you like that? That was smooth. I, I like that was slick. We should go into professional hockey with that action. <laughs> nice, nice segue. <laughs> Nicely done, well, Spencer. Well segued. Spencer well, no, driving you, the bus. You know what? But Dan set me up with the shot, man. I got it to the net. Nice assist. Okay. Mark, you're up. All right. So speaking of vacation, I had a chance to go on a European vacation with my family. Uh, We went on a cruise and we went to go visit Greece and it was wonderful seeing all the different islands, breathtaking scenery, Santorini. Uh, You see it in paintings and stuff like that or in photographs. It doesn't do any justice to what you see in person. Uh, Absolutely gorgeous. There was a sunset on top of that. So it really added to the mood. Another great place that we went to uh, was an island called Zakynthos which had the most beautiful water I've ever seen in my life with a gorgeous beach. 
And it is that crystal blue sapphire water that you don't see anywhere else. And it was amazing to see how it reflected from the limestone in the caves. There's, there's these places called the blue caves and you go in there and it has that gorgeous turquoise blue. Uh, and some parts it has that sapphire blue, but it's just, you can see all the way down to the bottom. It's crystal clear and just one of the most gorgeous places I've ever visited. After we were done on our cruise for 10 days, we had a chance to go to Paris. And I'm very aware that there is a pinball museum in Paris. And I happened to go on the third day. I did not want to miss out on it. So I was over by the Sacre Coeur area, uh, which are actually the Montmartre area, which had that church, the Sacre Coeur, which is famous for a lot of tourists. And I found out that on the map, it was only about a mile walk away. So I said, I can't resist this. I told my family and said, hey, I want to let you know that I do not want to miss out on this. And I want to go visit the Pinball Museum in Paris and check it out. So I took a walk finally after going through all the windy roads, as you know, in Paris, it's really hard to get around. But thanks to Google, I was able to get there on foot and I arrived and it was closed. And I was and I was freaking out because I looked on Google and it said 2:30 to 6:30 it was open. But on their website, it said it was closed. Well, I took the benefit of the doubt and went the Google route, thinking, oh, maybe Google is more updated than their website. Well, it turned out that when I got there, I looked through the crack and there was a light on, and I heard a pinball machine going. So I thought, well, I'm not gonna make this trip for nothing. I'm gonna knock on the door. So I knocked on the door continuously until somebody opened it and said, I'm sorry, sir, but we're closed. Uh, we, we're not open to the public anymore. I go, well, it looked at, I saw on Google, it was open for, at 2.30. Oh, how come you're closed? It's like, oh, didn't you see the website? We had that on there. I'm like, I'm a huge pinball fan. I'm from Nevada, from the United States. And I would love to see the collection if it's possible. So I was thinking, okay, hopefully I get a shot at this. A couple of minutes later, he opened the door and he let me in and said, hey, uh, are you okay paying 20 euros? I'm like, totally fine. Here, here's 20 euros. No problem. And I told him that I contacted Raphael, who is the owner of that collection. And uh, I wanted to contact him an email to schedule an appointment so that I could meet him in case it was closed, which it was. And the person that was there explained to me that Raphael was in the hospital and he was having surgery for his kidneys. And I don't know what the results are from that operation. But one of the things that sounded a little upsetting was that the museum is in in the balance right now based on Raphael's condition. Uh, If he's not around anymore, which would be horrible. Uh, they don't know what the future is of the museum. And he said to me that this might be the only time or the last time that you'll be able to visit and see this collection. So speaking of the collection, it was breathtaking to see how many wood rails I've seen in one building. Uh, I've seen a lot of collections from the Pacific Pinball Museum with the wedge heads and everything, but I have never seen the most pristine collection of wood rails from the 40s all the way up to the 60s, even the 70s, uh, obviously not wood rails. But this collection was unbelievable and the condition of them was superb. 
The most shocking thing was that everything was playable. As long as I just turned the power strip and when I was done, I turned it back off. Everything was hooked up. Everything played perfectly. And I was in awe with so many machines in the collection that I didn't play a lot because I was practically overwhelmed with all the games that were there available to play. So instead, I wanted to make history for myself and play the first game that had flippers. And we all know which game that was, right? Yes, we do. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. Gottlieb, 1947. Exactly. Wayne Wayne Nyans, who is still alive at 103. Bless his heart. Wow, that's amazing. Anyway, there was a plaque above it, and it said the first pinball machine with flippers. And I was thinking, oh, I hope this works. So I turned on the power, and I recorded myself playing Humpty Dumpty, which was a surreal experience because this was history I'm playing with the first flippers. And it was not a typical pinball game with the flippers where you have control. It's pretty much luck just trying to keep the ball alive on the top without draining once it get down to the bottom. But what an experience to play Humpty Dumpty that I always wanted to see in person because I always heard about it, but he had it there, which was amazing. Um, the wedge heads he had all available that were pristine. I played Slick Chick, which Mike Huntsman had before, but then they also had Gigi. I think that's pronounced correctly. Uh, is it Gigi? Gigi? G- is it Gigi or I, I'm Gigi. not sure. I don't, I don't know, but that was right next to Slick Chick. And I was like, oh, that's pretty rare. So I played that a little bit. And then they had a couple of modern games. They had uh, an Aerosmith. They had a two Monster Bashes, a... Um, uh, it was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then uh, I think that was it. There were very few games that were modern. It was mostly classic, classic arcade, or I'm sorry, classic pinball machines that you wouldn't see in most collections. So it was really cool because the rooms were separated by eras. So you had like the Wedgeheads all had its own room. The way that a museum should be put together, right? Right. With so you went plaques. like, yeah. yeah so, so you went like 1940s to 1950s wood rails, and then metal frame with manual ball elevators, and then EM games that had automatic ball that ejected the ball automatically. So from mid 60s, mid late 60s, really mid late 60s to mid late seventies to the advent of solid state. No, that's, that's perfect. You know, you bring up Humpty Dumpty for the listeners that may or may not know. Cause I don't think you, Mark, have you ever been to the Pacific pinball museum in Alameda, California? I have, it probably was there, but okay. I didn't seek out it for it probably because I wasn't aware of it. It's overload. It really is. Uh-huh. Now it's been, oh gosh, 2019 was the last time I was there. I took the boys trail life troop. It was my turn to pick the outing. And I was like, pinball museum. And I, of course, you know, converted a couple of the other dads and trailmen, young trailmen to who were arcade and, you know, console junkies. And now they're pinball. Just they're like, where do I find another game? And, uh, so, uh, you know, I made sure they pointed that out to the kids. I got them a walking tour and said, you know, the new games are awesome. We love them too, but this is history boys. So, and you won't find these games. And I pointed out and I played a couple of games with the trailman and their dads, the other trailman, uh, on Humpty Dumpty said, this is the very first game ever 
to have flippers before yes. that. There, just, there, there were no flippers. And it played real good. Um, you know, they had a couple, it was like that, like Lady Robin Hood, I think. But anyway, but just want to let everybody know. So, I, and, and there may be others on location somewhere in America. I'm not aware of any, but I'm sure it's got to be one or two. But if you're in Alameda, California, or if you're listening to this and you happen to be in or around Paris, France, get down there and support that. And while you're at it, get an email, a card, something out to Raphael and uh, wish him well in the Pinball Museum. Um, Because that history, you know, once it goes away, it's really, really, really difficult to replace it. And uh, he's featured in the movie Special When Lit. They do a little quick walking tour of the museum and interview him. And this guy is a true passionate pinhead. He's one and of I us. wish I could have met him in person, which is a bummer. He wasn't there. Um, yeah. The other thing they had was they had a huge collection of the Bagatelle type. So the ones that didn't even have the, um, the electrical component of it, it was just strictly the mechanics of it were amazing. How like there was one where you make points and it was in a grid, almost like a, uh, like a scoreboard kind of thing. And, oh, wow. and, uh, and it kept track of the points. So if you had 400, it kind of flipped uh, to a different point value based on what you shot getting in the different holes. Um, there was also two that were electrical, which was amazing. And they were like the old style pop bumpers that had the springs on it. Oh, wow. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, what a, what a neat experience. What an amazing collection, beautiful building, beautiful facility. Each room had its own character to it. Each room had a red plaque that showed the name of the game and the year. Like I said, a proper way to do a pinball museum to make it feel welcoming. And everything was pristine, clean, not a scratch on it. I I was amazed by the condition of the machines. And I wish I had more time to play them, but uh, I was only limited to three hours. And I stayed till about six o'clock. I got there around 2.33 and I was there till six. The fact that the the guy let you in, that man, huge kind act. I mean, yeah, it's like twenty euros. What's it? that's in American? That's what I twenty five bucks roughly. Okay. Yeah, I to, mean to play history. Yeah, to play history, especially you know, you know, being from you know, it's like it's not like you're gonna be back in town anytime soon. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like once in a lifetime kind of thing. And the guy was like, "All right, you know, yeah, cool." That was really generous of them, and thank them for doing that. Did you? Yeah, get any pic- thank you. Did you get Shout pictures? out to everybody. I got pictures, and okay. I also have a video walkthrough of all the games, uh, with me enamored by how awesome the collection was, and just that's awesome. Just spellbound of how awesome I saw these wood rails just come to life that were just rows of them. But like I said, organized, each dedicated to their own room, very inviting. And then there were, you know, a couple scattered about in the hallway. There there was even a go-go machine that was there, which was neat, which reminded me of course, of (laughs) go-go with the first logo that was there. Yeah. Um, It was awesome. So if, if I hope it stays open, I hope Raphael is okay. Uh, it would be a shame if it went away. Maybe somebody is out there that could buy that collection and continue it going, or maybe Raphael is better and it can continue. Uh, but I'm really happy to not miss out on that opportunity. And uh, it really, when you think about it, I had the choice of going to the Louvre that day or going to the Pinball Museum. That Pinball Museum was the Louvre of Pinball, for sure. Well, wow. Here's the thing, man. The Louvre will be there later. I know that sounds crazy to say, 
but you have to take advantage of some of these pinball collections while you can, because I think that we're all seeing just how tenuous some of these arrangements are. And, you know, these guys who uh, have cared enough to curate them over the decades aren't getting any younger. And a lot of times there's not the next generation standing there waiting to pick up the slack. So I think you made the right choice. You know, see this while you can. Yeah. I was there. I'm not going to be going to Paris anytime soon. And it was convenient for me. So I took the advantage of it and took the risk to, even if it was open or closed. And fortunately, hats off. I can't remember his name. I wish I remember it. But if you are listening to our show, thank you for letting me come in and be a part of history. They got to have an email. We'll email them a link. And then when you get free time, post some pictures and video on our Facebook page. I will for sure. No, because I know you're still unpacking and getting things back together. We're so. still waiting for a suitcase that's lost. But yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just still make waiting. up a name. Thank you, Francois. Yeah. <laughs> you're the if best. I can remember. I, I, he is on, on, the, on the video, but I just don't awesome. remember his name. Well, you know what? Whoever you are, unknown uh, Frenchman. You know unknown French pinhead. Uh, unknown French pinhead. God bless you, man. Thank you for for your act of kindness to our, our brother in the pinball community. Yes, you, thank you. You really don't know how much it means to us. You thank really you. don't. So um, that's the magic of pinball, man. Um, wow, we definitely so got to cool. we definitely got to get out of France before I start quoting history of the world. I mean, the urge to do it is like <laughs> staggering. Okay, so I'm gonna. Well, I, you know, I didn't go on vacation, but I had a visitor. I had the first pinball person visitor to the dungeon man um michael huntsman our own brother mike have we uh, established was, that the dungeon is the nickname of your basement we may have not so that might okay, sound so a little fucking let's creepy do, let's okay. do that first okay so I'm, I'm in the yeah i know right okay it's like don't put the cart before the horse okay all right julian gray thanks a lot buddy <laughs> so yeah so um if you remember if you've been listening for a while God bless you. Uh, yeah, if you've been listening for a while, uh, man, you're, you're glutton for fucking punishment. Um, now, if you've been listening for a while, you know, the old, the old, it's the old house in Sacramento, California. Well, Rancho Cordova. Um, I called it the kitchen table studio. And um, when we moved to the new house has a basement, the arcade, the machines are in the basement, my office and my studio where I'm at as we speak, is in the basement. I call it the dungeon, the dungeon recording studio. And uh, so, yeah, so Mike came to the, well, he came to town because he has a friend who's in the Reno pinball. I forget her name. I'm so sorry. She's a lovely lady. Her mom and I had a nice conversation. Um, Stacy? Stacy, yes, thank you. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. You know Stacy. Of course you know. Of you know Stacy. So oh, Stacy, yeah. lovely girl, uh, and her mom, wonderful How's it woman. going on? How's it I'm going sorry. on? She I certainly does. Resist. You couldn't resist, but it's good. No, <laughs> but she's awesome. So Stacy was born and raised in Casper. Her mom's lived here, I think, her whole life. Stacy's lived in Reno for quite some time. Um, but um, Stacy's grandma passed away a, a bit ago. I'm not sure. I think you know, it's been some time. So they're going through all, all grandma's stuff. And, and so Stacy came out to get a bunch of it and move it back out to Reno. Mike came to help. And, uh, 
um, you know, being a good bro, he is a good pinball bro. And he said, he hit me up and said, I'm in town, man. You want to get together? So we did. He came over, had, you know, had some beers. Um, you know, he took me out and met up with Stacy and her mom. We all had pizza at a local pizza joint. Um, nice conversation. Um, you had a, it was just great having him over, you know, and having, you know, a local pinball bro. And, uh, um, he's got some really neat ideas for the next next year's show for stuff to do. I'm going to let him come. He's going to come on the show soon. Uh, I don't want to let the cow out of the bag. It's going to blow your mind. That's all I'm going to say. But it was just such a treat, you know, other than coming out for business and then coming out for the show and getting to see you guys. You know, it's like having, having one of the gang, one of the family come to my house and my new house. That was really great, you know. It was like, oh, my God, a pinhead, you know, from back home coming to my new home. And it was a lot of fun. It was really enjoyable. So that was nice. It was just having a nice visit. He was only, you know, he was only in town for a couple of days. We were only get, able to get together like on the Friday evening. And uh, it was just a couple of weeks after we got back from the show, too. So, but it was just really nice. So shout out to Mike Huntsman and uh, for all you do for Pinball Brother and for, you know, coming to see me, man. Just, just be able to hang and play some pinball and chat and, you know, have a good time. So um, I'll post some pictures of us in front of the games on the on the Facebook page, but it was, it was just neat and it was a lot of fun. So I saw the pictures and I was like, Oh, that's great that Mike is visiting you. Um, did he put any initials on your games? I don't think he did. You know, I was, you know, they're my game. So, you know, I was used to the way they're set up, but uh, he killed it on pinbot, man. He came back like, you know, we had both had a pretty good score on Flash Gordon. And then uh, and then I came, you know, I came back, you know, because I, I play that game literally every day. And uh, that's my my favorite go to. And uh, and then Pinbot, you know, he came out of the gate on like the second, third ball and had a had a real good game. So and he gave me, you know, 28 pointers on do this, don't do that with the games, which are all helpful. And I've been working on them. So, you know better leveling this and that because the guy's just like i don't want to criticize but dude you got to fix this i'm like i'm on oh, it. he's the expert in that <laughs> well he did he also fixed that's huntsman he, for you that's huntsman bless his heart man i'm grateful for it he yes. fixed my spinner on surf champ was all out of whack he had that thing fixed and spinning like a beauty in like five minutes so and i didn't oh, want to utilize his awesome. time too much because he had to get up you know he had to get up early and do they were going to drive straight through to reno the early the next morning and that that alone is a 14 hour drive so um you know so i didn't want to uh, you know i don't want to take up too much of his time just you know it was good to see him and it was great to have somebody from you know basically the old neighborhood so to speak come out and be in the new house so a lot of fun that's pretty cool that stacy is uh family is from casper <laughs> yeah yeah Small world that's yeah. pretty wild. I'm just terrible with names. I'm getting so old. I, I got new glasses. Like I have bifocals now. So I had to get new glasses because, um, well, we'll get to it to the end anyway. So I can well, see my bifocals for a few years. So screw you. <laughs> I, I, I did. Well, you have invisible ones. And I didn't know that. I've never noticed. Yeah. So. I, yeah. They just, you sort of look down through the bottom and, and you got the the high magnification. You had a uh, Kendra and Andrew from Lodi league over too, right? I did. They were the second people from old home to come and see us. Yeah. They came out and spent um, like five days. And uh, while we were here, you know, cause like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm glad. Cause the first they wanted to go see, uh, well, especially Andrew. Cause other than going to Reno, Andrew's never been out of California, not, not worldly traveled. So 
Um, first he was like Yellowstone. I'm like, dude, you're going to need a week to see that place. And it's the, uh, clear the other end of the state. And I say, you have no idea how big Wyoming's a huge landmass, just no people. So um, I'm glad they didn't because they had this huge flood and most of the park was closed when they got here. So they had chosen instead to go to um, Mount Rushmore, which is great because we had not been to Mount Rushmore either. And it was on our plan to go this year anyway. So we drove up uh, one day. Uh, we drove up over to South Dakota, went to uh, Mount Rushmore. And that was really something to see. The Black Hills of South Dakota are some of the most beautiful land I've seen in America yet. If you get that the chance, awesome. you got to go, man. I mean, it's just mind blowing how I like you just, you don't know until you see it. You know what I mean? And it's that way with any new place in the world. We're like, oh my God, I had no idea, you know, because I've never been there before. Seeing the Black Hills, seeing the Badlands. Um, we went to Custer because um, we, we drove through and we had dinner on the way back. You know, it's a little, you know, old West town. There's actually an old, uh, there's like a bakery now. I took pictures of it. I'll post on the Facebook. And uh, there was once a shooting there. A guy shot another guy in like the 1890s. And uh, a mob got so pissed off, they hung this guy who shot some other guy at the time at a saloon. Like, damn, that's some <laughs> Wild West history. And we went over frontier to... Frontier Justice. Uh, it's Frontier Justice. We went over to Deadwood, South Dakota after... Because uh, it's about 20, 25 minutes down the road from uh, Mount Rushmore. And uh, we went and to the actual cemetery and to the grave sites of Wild Bill Hickok. And um, Calamity Jane. And uh, so we saw some really, really neat Old West history. And if you know anything about poker and the dead man's hand, um, it's uh, aces and eights, pair of aces, pair of black aces, and a pair of black eights. So clubs and spades. I think it's a full house of aces and eights. Was it a full house? Okay, I heard it was two pair. But yeah, so you get the idea. Full house, aces and eights, or two pair. The dead man's hand was a hand that wild bill hickok was holding when he got shot and uh and he wasn't very old he was like i think 40 or something 42 i forget i i have it all on my on my phone on on pictures we took but anyway so there were actually people that left that hand of cards at his tombstone and uh left like bullets and stuff and that's kind of interesting you know so but uh, it was really cool history and really good time. We had a really good time. We ate a lot of beef. We ate some bison. Um, the kids had a great time. You know, they saw, uh, showed them around Casper, Casper Mountain. Um, they really seemed to enjoy themselves. And it was great to have them out. Look forward to having you guys all out eventually. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, played a little pinball. So that was nice, man. It was uh it was just really good to have everybody there. You know, we didn't get the only thing I we didn't get to do what I wanted to do because the river is really um, with good rains and snowpack. The river's up this year. And, uh, you know, I bought a raft last year. In fact, we're going to start because it's nice and warm now. We're going to start going out and rafting on the river, which uh, which leads me to a nice segue. Um, your Dan, your garage remodel and your whitewater restoration. Well, that that is another high quality segue, Spencer. Thank you. Spencer, you're nailing it. Like I, you started talking about rafting and I was like, oh man, we're about to spend another 35 minutes with Spencer. And you're like, by the way, guess who got a whitewater? Um, which yes. Uh, so I don't get to talk about being a worldly traveler or even a, you know, countrywide traveler like you guys do, but 
I did get my hands on on a new pinball machine, and I uh, I sent my Star Trek Pro on its way, and I ended up picking up a uh, very nice condition, although it is dirty, needs a shop job in the worst possible way, Whitewater. So Whitewater is a game that I have a, a funny history with. I went with Brian years ago to go pick up a Whitewater for $2,500. And I'm like, man, you're out of your mind. $2,500 for a Whitewater. Are you crazy? And uh, like, we got this game. We had to slide it down the stairs. Nothing worked. And I just was never a big fan. I just I just didn't understand why people liked Whitewater. And we took it to my house because you didn't have room for it yet. And I played it for a while. And I especially didn't know why people liked Whitewater. And it probably took me a good 10 years to come around before I was finally just like, wow, you know, Whitewater is a, a pretty neat game. And an opportunity came to pick one up uh, from a from a local pin bro. And I decided to take advantage of it. And so Whitewater has finally joined my collection. And uh, it's it's on the back burner right now. I did get it completely working, which I'm, I'm happy to report. Uh, it's very, very dirty. But, uh, you know, without without even doing much more than flipping around a couple diodes, we've got the game completely playing. You can play full games on it. It actually, uh, it actually, we got, we put it on stream when we hosted league night at my house last time, uh, me and Rick had some, uh, some grudge matches after league on it. And, uh, yeah, man, I just, you know, really, really excited, uh, to have it. It's, uh, it's a, it's a great game. And I, I understand why people are, are so into it. It just, it took me a little while to fall in love with it because I didn't quite understand when you shot the ball in here, why it came out over there. And I hated that. It's kind of how uh, I think a lot of people are feeling about Halloween. Oh, with you know, the surprise uh, return. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You just don't know how to get the ball to go where you think it's supposed to go. Yes. Um. So one of the other cool things about, you know, having, a whitewater as part of the collection is that, you know, you get that cool topper, right? And I, I did learn a lesson about that topper immediately. Uh, the guy who I got it from, he included a brand new dome and pretty much all the lights were burned out in the topper. So I took it and I put some, uh, I put some triple fives in there and installed the new dome and it looked great for about 15 minutes. <laughs> and then all of those bulbs burned out because it actually doesn't use triple fives. It uses one sixty ones. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so I was like, man, that thing looks really bright. Yeah. Well, because I was, I was like, you know, doing a, a, uh, a 12 volt bulb with like 15 volts. So yeah, those four bulbs <laughs> just got, just got smiggity smoked. Um, I picked up one of the little skulls that goes over the center target. I always threatened that I was going to buy Brian one of those for his game. And he always told me he wouldn't install it. So I figured that when I got one of my own, I had to buy one. So I got one of those ready to go onto it. Uh, Playfield's really clean. Cabinets in some nice shape. I got some replacement mountains. Add a little uh, glue mishap trying to fix one of the existing mountains. I did fix it, but I had to give it a brand new ice cap made of nothing but hot glue because it actually melted the uh, the original plastic. The hot glue was a little too hot and the plastic was a little too fatigued. I mean. It's, uh, you know, it's functional. It doesn't look the best, but it works. I did, uh, thanks to some kind folks on Pinside, pick up some uh, replacement mountains uh, with a, for a really good price. 
And I'm going to try to stick with the original ramp set. It's it's pretty much intact. I had to put some hot glue fixes on it, uh, but no place you can see. One of the nice things about whitewater, you can kind of stash a lot of that underneath mountains and hills and whatnot. You know, I've probably put, you know, four or five hours of uh, just kind of general farting around into it, just trying to get it to to play well. And I said, so far, haven't put really any money into it and it's playing 100%. So you got to love that deal. It did That's cost awesome. me that. It did cost me that nice Star Trek Pro, though. Yeah, well, I'm happy for you that you got a Whitewater. It is a great game. Uh, it's always a challenge to get those pop bumpers to hit five times the fun, and then you can just blow that game up if you get it in the uh, Insanity Falls area, man. But it's hard to get it for some reason. They were very clever how they positioned where that insert goes because it's really hard to time it to hit those pop bumpers, to hit that five times play field. But well, you know, the crazy fun. thing about when you get into five X play field on that game is of course, what is your first instinct, right? Yeah. You, you want to take a five X play field into multi-ball and you do, because if you can get double, triple jackpots at five X, yeah, you're going to do some, some serious, serious damage. But I actually managed to start a five X when I had a uh, Bigfoot hot foot running and that's a pretty repeatable shot for 50 million points a shot. Wow. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I ran up a, a pretty respectable score, you know, just hot footing it, you know, and I thought that that was really, really fun. One of the other cool things I think that you run into with with Whitewater is that in terms of gameplay, it's not incredibly complex, right? Like it's actually a very, very accessible game. And I think that one of the problems that I'm running into with a lot of the modern pinball Star Trek was a great example is I just can't get past like that first wizard mode and get into the second and the third wizard modes. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to just run right through this game and, you know, finish it up, you know, get the get the with the wet willies and the vacation jackpot. Man, that is not easy to do. It's the hardest part is spelling river six times. <laughs> yeah, that game is simple, but it's just challenging as hell. Yeah. And I don't think you could really, uh, you know, there's a lot of chances in that game, you know, a lot of ways you can control the ball, a lot of shots that are safe and repeatable. It's got a lot of great repeatable shots, but, you know, it it just does not make it that easy for you. So I uh, think that when you run into these early 90s games they really had just that really great grasp of like let's make it accessible let's make it so that you know everything is within your reach but you're still going to have to earn it right and so to go along with uh, the whitewater purchase i i decided to start a little project so spencer you've got the dungeon and I don't know what Mark calls his basement. His basement's too classy to have a name. Actually, ironically, I call my computer room the dungeon, which you is call funny. Your, your computer room yes. the dungeon? Yes. <laughs> so your computer computer room is just adjacent to your pinball room, though. Yes. So I am I am remodeling my garage, and I've decided that it's going to have a theme, and it's going to be the space garage. Nice. I like so it. So I, I think I sent you guys the picture. Uh, yeah. Mark, Mike Garcia did a floor pattern. That's a giant space invader. Love it. 
and I'm going to go with like midnight blue on the wall. So it kind of has like the night sky thing going on. It will be pretty dark. We're going to do some LED strips around the edge of the garage. Uh, we've already got more power put in, so I'll be able to actually double up the amount of games that I have out there. And uh, I got the insulation for the garage door, and we're going to have a, a mini split air conditioner. So as Khan says, it is very cold in space, so, except in the winter when we'll be able to make it warm in space. So it's going to be a, a fantastic project, and I think that when we can get you guys into town, Spencer a little bit harder than Mark, uh, we can have some fun out there. It'll be a little bit easier than having to push the couch out of the way in my living room so that we can play uh, World Cup soccer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be great. How many games can you fit in there, do you think? Or what do you plan on fitting? So I would love to do 10. Mm -hmm. I think if I really went crazy, I could do 12. But that would block off uh, certain passageways that I don't necessarily want to block off. And in addition to pinball machines, I'm also going to have my Ultracade, my dartboard, and for at least a while, my my rolling toolbox will have to live out there. When I have another spot for the rolling toolbox, maybe we'll do like a, a beverage refrigerator or something like that. Or, you know, if another cool arcade machine comes across my path, we'll uh, we'll do another arcade game out there. I have a I have a TV, uh, an extra TV with a with a Roku, so we'll put that up on the wall. I got some play fields. I got some Pinagogo posters and some Golden State posters, and you know we'll dress it up real nice. It'll be a really cool, really enjoyable space. It'll finally get pinball out of my living room, where I don't mind pinball being, but it just dominates the house. Right. And uh, we'll get it into an environment where I'm going to spend more time on more games rather than just focusing on the five or six that I have in the garage because of the noise. It's just a sure. little too loud when uh, my wife's in here trying to do things for me to be out here or especially having, you know, three or four buddies out here banging away on games. Right. That makes complete sense. And will that be, will you have all the pinballs then out of your house in the garage plus the ones that are already in there? And oh, no. Okay. Okay. I've, I figured got like, I've got like 16 games. So yeah, that's what I thought. I figured, so, okay. <laughs> I figured that at present, uh, we're going to keep the games in the dining room. Uh, Jamie was like, well, as long as World Cup soccer stays inside and my theater of magic stays inside. And I'm like, yeah, no promises. We'll probably keep some some games in the dining room at, at time being. And then maybe eventually one will find its way back into my office. But, you know, right now my office is so full of, you know, the pinball parts hoard and all the stuff from the garage. Not much chance of that. Sure. So, you know, I do need to get uh, the creature project finished so that I can start on the whitewater project and get that thing all chopped out and beautified and and you know everything that it should be but once everything's together and everything's home i still have a couple games uh out in the field i let henry take pirates of the caribbean and uh and mike still has metallica i'll be able to bring everything back in house and uh have all have all the kids home for christmas it'll be it'll be lovely nice it'll be exciting to see it when it's all done and sounds like you're off to a great start. So that's wonderful. Oh, and when we do it, we are absolutely going to have a, uh, a housewarming party for the space garage. So I'll, I'll, I'll let there. you know how it's going to work. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, do a little tournament. I'll definitely be there. Awesome. Awesome. Depending on what it is, I'll try to be there. I can't promise. Cause you know, it's, it's a bit of a jaunt. So. Oh, nonsense. Just teleport. 
You know what, man? I would love to be able to do that because that's, it's still, you know, everything is like, well, do you miss this? Do you miss that? You know, we're making new friends. Um, miss you guys. You know, I miss my daughter and son-in-law. I miss you guys. I miss League. Other than that, you know, I mean, I love everything out here. You know, I think people had a hard time believing it's like, you guys are really happy there? And then Kendra and Andrew came out and they're like, fuck, man, you guys really do like it here. Like, yeah, we love it here. We just miss all you guys, you know? Right. You know, what's what's funny that you say that is I was actually just having a conversation with uh, Adam and Tina Miller, who they were in Pinball League in Folsom. I don't know if you ever met them, Spencer. I think they remember you. And they moved to North Carolina. I do remember them. Yes. And so while they were visiting, uh, you know, doing their thing, visiting people, I actually got to have a conversation with Adam. And I said, you know what? I didn't think that Tina would make it past a year. Like, I thought she'd want to come back so bad. And uh, the funny thing about it was Adam was like, man, she fell in love with it before uh, Bob and I even got out there. And I was just, you know, I was so glad to see that they were so happy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I miss them. I miss you. I wish you guys were here so you could hang out. But at the same time, I'm just glad that you're someplace where your your lives are moving on and that, you know, you're you're happy with with where you're at. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, it's, well, and you know, it's so much easier these days with the internet and, you know, all, all the technology we have, it may, it does make it a lot easier. You know, our podcast, you know, I got it. So like, cause we hadn't done one in like six weeks. I'm like, Oh my God, we're recording again. Yeah, Thank we you. Overdue. Well, yeah. you know what? It's summer. Well, somebody you know? had to run off to Europe. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely my fault for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what though, man, the, the, you know, with, with, well, you know, look, your kids are, you know, your daughter just graduated college. Your son got his driver's license. What? Three months ago. Yeah. Okay. My son, Seth, who is my middle son, who is now six feet tall and still growing. Uh, last Friday passed his learner's permit test. Uh, in fact, uh, I picked him and Mickey up after work from the movies and then let uh, Seth drive us home. So because at 15, you can get your learner's permit and you can drive with a licensed driver over 21. So, or maybe over 18. I don't know. The laws here are a bit different. So, um, so he's driving now amongst other things. So, yeah, man, it's crazy. And, and so, you know, you got to spend time with your family and, uh, you know, and travel the world and like that. So that's real, you know, that's real important. It really is. You know, it's not all about pinball all the time. That's true. But, you know, it's like, it's like the Louvre, you know, God, yeah, I would love to go to the Louvre. I would really love to see all that art and, and all that history. But, you know, it survived two world wars. It's going to be there. The Pinball Museum? Probably not, you know. Probably not. Uh, you know, you got to gotta have your priorities in order. Good job, man. Um, speaking of priorities and stuff, uh, you know, and visiting and revisiting, um, I've been thinking about it a lot. And Dan and I talked, I think you and I talked about it. So I'm going to go back occasionally and revisit a game that I don't think has gotten enough attention, enough love, enough respect. And uh, uh, so this month, and I may not do this every month, you know, when the mood hits, whenever, but uh, I'm going to, we're going to talk about Aerosmith pinball. And you've said you got to play it at the museum, which is awesome. Um, I did. Yeah, it was there. Um, I think it was the premium version, if I'm not mistaken. Nice, nice. Um, you know, both Brian, you know, who's uh, busy working. We got to get him back on the show again. We miss Brian. I miss Brian. Yeah, I miss Brian. Um, 
But, you know, he and I used to talk about that a lot. And we both love the premium slash LE. We love that upper plate build. I like the pro too. So, um, well, the thing about I, actually, Eros, I think it was a pro. It was a pro now that I think of it. It didn't have the upper plate. Did it have the upper plate pill? Okay. No, it um, didn't. It's still a good game. It shoots great, but the, I we both really enjoyed that upper plate pill on the premium slash LE model. But the thing about Aerosmith is it just, I don't know if it was timing or if it just didn't resonate with people because it's got a lot of similarities to like Kiss and some other John Borg titles. You know, as people say, hey, it shoots like Kiss. Oh, it's set up like Metallica. It's this, it's that. So, um, and I'm an Aerosmith fan, but, and I'll go over the, some brief rule sets on it for people who may not have played it, but if you played it, um, you know, you went, I kind of, well, the thing is, it's not, you know, it's not like a top 10 game. I mean, it's up there, but I don't, I actually don't know the exact placement, but, um, if you can find one for sale, they're, they're a little bit cheaper than a lot of the other recent titles and you get a pretty good game for a pretty good price. Even the pro is a hell of a value when it came out. I mean, cause that game is jam packed with cool stuff um, for the price it, point. It is. And there's a lot of shots on it. A lot of shots. It's got dirty yeah. Donnie art and something that really for my age group, um, if you really look at the game, the artwork, the seeming of Aerosmith, the animation um, on the the uh, the LCD screen, um, they did the animation like seventies Saturday morning cartoon animations. So it really reminds me a lot. If you've ever seen not the original Scooby Doo, but the Scooby Doo mysteries, where they would team up with different celebrities every every Saturday morning, and they'd solve mysteries. So like they would have the Adams family the Harlem Globetrotters who at that time had their own Saturday morning cartoon show and they had their own pinball machine. They were at the top of their, you know, their popularity, the height of their popularity. Well, they, they did it like that. And it just really captures with 30 Donnie's artwork. It really captures the essence of the time period that they were, you know, new and young and at their peak of the early to mid 1970s, you know, from like 74 to like 78, 79. And so there's that huge nostalgia for me because it really, it takes you back. You it know? screams seventies. Totally. It screams seventies, man. It's, you know, it's like Zeppelin screams sixties that screams seventies. Yes, exactly. And it really mm -hmm. hits the mark. And you know, there's really a lot of neat features with that game. Um, if you look, well, you got the, okay, the toy, the Jack in the box, Jack in the box with a ball lock where they throws the, the, the kicker throws the ball across the play field up into the Jack in the box. That's a really cool toy. And that, you know, that came on all three games. You got, you know, the elevator now, the love in the elevator multi-ball with, with the premium LE, you got an actual upper play field, um, on the pro, the elevator is just sitting on the play field. It's still a cool little feature, but you've got several, um, you got several skill shots. Um, you've got a, a, um, a plunger skill shot. So you got a, a several skill shots. You got to plunge the ball lightly into the lock shot to score a hidden skill shot worth points. And you get a smart missile, which I played that game a bunch. And I didn't even know about the smart missiles. Um, you can hold the left flipper and short plunge so the ball falls to the right flipper. And one of three shots will light. You shoot the lit shot to score a scoop, a super skill shot worth points. Doesn't say how many points. I'm actually pulling this up off the Aerosmith rule rule sheet off the tilt forums. And just like Kiss and ACDC, each song has modes. So like, um, 
uh, rats in the cellar or eight shots to max out the super spinner value. Shots in this mode seem to be random. Um, there's a certain way with shots. Future waves of more shots to complete up to three. Crank it up seems to light a ton of shots right away. You know, lost child, walk this way. You get super ramps. Dude looks like a lady. Ten shots to complete. The shots in this mode seem to follow the same rules as deuce from kiss. Um, two shots and they move left to right. So you get the idea. One of the things I think is really great is on the multi-ball, on the toys multi-ball for Toys in the Attic, which is, you know, a song from the album, my, my favorite Aerosmith album, Toys in the Attic, is you once you lock three, you can just go ahead and hit the button. And, uh, you know, it's a little button on top. And you can go ahead and start multi-ball. Or you can wait and you can keep, you can load more balls, right? So I think it's up to six balls. Um, exactly. There's where that risk reward comes in. Exactly. And, and how you, many times do you try to get six ball multi-ball? You don't. Most people just hit it at three, but you know, I do it every time trying to get six just okay. because it's a, it's a rush. Well, if you can get six going at once. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, you can get two X scoring. Um, you can, okay. To complete the mode, toys in the attic insert, collect the double super jackpot. You have love in an elevator multi-ball, which is pretty, they say it's pretty much the same as Megatron multi-ball from, uh, from Transformers, you have add a ball. So if like you only got two balls on there. Okay. So, um, um, and that's a Lonnie Rock thing apparently. So you hit your first mystery award and multi-ball gives you an add a ball, get your play field multiplier, shot multiplier. Um, you have a mystery award, Aerosmith mystery award. Um, by completing all the yellow targets and lights the left scoop, there's a decent variety of awards you can get from, um, big points, 10 million, a bonus X, elevator lock, um, locks one or two, increase super spinner value, increase pop bumper value, shoot multipliers, or shot smart missiles, lit how many, VIP pass, light extra ball, light special, add a ball during multiple. So it's like, you know, it, there's, it's got a good, you know, it's, it's got a good, um, it's got a good layout. It's got good music. It's got good animation. Um, it's got great artwork by Dirty Donnie. I mean, it's it's a really good package that I just feel like it just didn't get its due. It, I don't know if it came out at the wrong time, if it came out, you know, if it took forever to get the cut. I don't remember because it was such a weird period in pinball. You know, there was just there was so much going on. And, you know, we just Stern just kicked over to the LCD. And I think Aerosmith was what, the second or third game? I think it was the second game. Was the first one Batman? First one was Batman. Batman sixty six. Batman sixty six was yeah. the first LCD and that was, screen. That's a, I mean, that was a pretty major hit. I mean, that they were still running those what last year. Yes, and so. it's still that's still a good game. But you're right about Aerosmith. Um, I find that the modes are hard to complete. They're challenging. There's a lot of shots you have to make, uh, which is typical Borg style, very similar to like uh, Rush, where you have to make a lot of shots to finish the mode. Um, but it has good flow. Uh, it has that center ramp, which is really nice. It has um, great flow, has fun toys. That that left loop shot is fun through the bumpers, very similar to Kiss, where yeah. people have that, have that similarity right. uh, when they talk about it. Uh, the multi-ball is really fun. Um, I like the graphics. They're 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 fine. I mean, they're they're 
they're the stylistic to the whole game. It's the more of that caricature right, style. Right. And right? it just yeah, and like I said, it really it really takes me back to being a kid, man, Saturday morning and those cartoons, yeah. Those cartoons, yeah. you know, and like, it's um, like Sonny and Cher mm-hmm. are helping the Scooby Doo kids solve a mystery, you or, know. Or Fat Albert. Or Fat, Fat Albert. Albert. Absolutely yep. loved, loved Fat Albert. I, as an yep. adult. And then but, you know, not to give the whole Bill Cosby thing, it just it kills me because as a kid and even as an adult, you know, if I was making a joke the other day, I was with uh Seth and Mickey and they were asking about that. And I was just all, roofies aren't okay. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah. it's, it's like, what's a roofie, dad? Like, never mind. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> but no, man, as a kid, you know, that's what I grew up with, you know, as, uh, you know, all those kind of cartoons. And, um, and the like I said, the animation, the artwork, and the music, and I love that music. You know, I mean, you know, Aerosmith was never my favorite band, but they were always there. And I was like, oh, Aerosmith's got a new song out, cool. You know, right. and it's like, all oh, right, right on. You know, and, and I, all the hits are recognizable, right? Every they, song from Aerosmith is like, oh, you know, it's Aerosmith. I mean, yeah, it's just you a know, given. yeah, exactly. You know, and you know, it's Aerosmith, and the fact that they're still around after everything they've been through. You know, in five decades almost of playing music, you know, it's like that's a testament right there, you know, because most bands have a pretty short shelf life, you know, for them to fall from grace in the early 80s and then come bring it all back around in the 90s and then forward, man. You know, you got to have you got to give them you got to give them credit where credit is due. And and, you know, to everybody, man, every pinhead out there, I say, you know, if you've not played it, find one and play it. And if you have played it and just kind of just, you know, whatever, give it a second chance because it's a really well put. Look, It's never going to get best game of the year or best game ever or whatever. So what? It's a good, solid game, good, solid package. Um, that I don't think it's gotten enough love or enough respect and is worthy of a second look. It would be a great game for somebody who didn't own a pinball machine and wanted to have something that was more on the affordable side for a used pinball uh, and pick up an Aerosmith. It's a lot of fun. It's got a good light show. Uh, I like the personality of the uh, um, the Joker. What What is the, that character called? The uh, Jackie in the Jackie, box. Jackie, thank you. Jackie in a box. Yeah, uh, It's fun too because... Sometimes it will make it in there and then sometimes it will deliberately hit him in the face when he's on the spring and he's spring back and forth. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But I I do like that shot. It's unique on that scoop, which I don't know if it's a scoop or what it's called, but it's like a little trough. Yeah. And and shooting that is really interesting because it's easy to shoot, but then sometimes it'll accidentally, you know, hit from the pop bumpers and go right in there by accident or uh, sometimes even off of the slingshots. Um, But it is really, a, uh, a, a really a fun part of the game where you try to get to six ball multi-ball when you hit that action button to cancel it out and uh, keep going for it. But there's where the risk and reward comes in. It's like, Oh, I'm on my third ball. Should I go for it? I have five locked already. Oh, and then sometimes you get rewarded handsomely and other times you don't and it drains on you. But uh, it's it's a good game. I agree. Yeah, it is. I've always liked it, so I think it's you know it was worth another another shot too. So you know we kind of revisited Aerosmith, and now let's talk about a new game. Um, you know, we'll give a quick first thought because I don't think any of us has played it. But um, you know, uh, the to- hot topic is Toy Story right now. Toy Story Four, yes, a lot of debate on Pinside about that game. 
And you know what? I can't judge it without playing it. I bet it's fun to shoot, but I have to say from the majority of what they say on pin side, that I'm a little disappointed that there wasn't more toys put in the game. I mean, it is Toy Story. Uh, and maybe they just wanted to go the route of not having or having less things break down on it to make it more feasible for a location game. However, uh, there could have been a lot more creativity to it, especially wasting that upper left play field with a tablet that has video pinball on top of it. But the way they integrate it might be pretty cool to see in person where it interacts with the actual play field that what what happens on the screen. Um, But I can't really judge it until I play it. But as far as my initial impressions, I feel that they swung in a miss for Jersey Jack. That's how I feel. It just doesn't seem like it's worth the investment and the money for what they expect you to pay for that game. If it was less, I probably wouldn't have an issue. But having it at 12000 starting for an LE and 15000 for a CE for half of what's in Guns N' Roses, it makes me wonder. Yeah. Um... What do you think, Spencer? What are your thoughts? You know, I I know everybody's waiting like, oh, Spencer's going to unleash. Yeah. Okay. Toy Story 4. Um, you know, I got to play it, you know. And of course, we know it's a Lawler game. It's going to shoot well. And uh, it's probably going to have a cool rule set. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I've, I've learned over the years, you can never judge uh, the looks of a game by photos or videos. You got to see it in the flesh. You got to see it in person. So I'll leave that judgment. Although I'm just, I'm kind of like, yeah, anyway. So, but you know, it, it'll probably look a lot better in person. Um, I'm just looking at Disney and uh, what a disappointment. Disney to me has outlived their usefulness. Um, everything they have that's good is minimum of 30 years old or older. They're a dying relic of the past. I know that's kind of heartless and mean, but... You know, uh, their best stuff's 70 years old, you know, or 50 or whatever. Yeah. And I know they're just, they choke the life out of people with their licensing agreements, and they have no clue about pinball at all, virtually less than none. Um, I see nothing new in this game and nothing exciting. It's, it, you know, as other people said, look, they recycled no good gophers a lot. And then having... Forky or Sporky is the main character. You know, that's that character, Sporky or Forky, what I, I can't, I call it Sporky. I think it is Sporky, is, is the cousin Oliver of the Toy Story franchise. So that's my first take on it. And you know what? We'll play it and give it a chance, man. There's one uh, on location uh, right now I know of, I think in Denver. If I don't get out to play it soon, I'll sure there'll be one at the uh, mile high show um but that's my two cents man and i'm just right now i i wasn't even excited about this title and now that i've seen it there's just you know i there's virtually you know not to mention the price point but there's virtually nothing there that enthuses or excites me whatsoever at this point in time when i play it and i will give it a chance who knows anyway that's what i got See, I went ahead and went off. So um, I, I, I'm going to reserve I, I judgment. I feel to- the same way, though. I feel well, the same it, way because they could have gone with Toy Story 1, which would have had a better plot. 
and here's here's my theory. This is what I think what happened. I have a feeling that Jersey Jack was already planning on creating Toy Story 4 when the movie was about to come out. And I bet you that they were stuck with licensing that they had to get that game produced based on the licensing agreement, licensing agreements. So they switched it around and released Guns N' Roses before Toy Story. And now we have the after effect of what might have been released two or three years ago when Toy Story 4 was released in theaters. That's my theory. Right. That's a I have a theory. feeling. I have a feeling that's why Toy Story 4 was what they went with and not Toy Story 2. The other, or sorry, Toy Story 1 or 2 or, or combined or whatever. But my thought behind it is that Toy Story 4 has the least amount of licensing for the toys. You got Toy Story 1, you got Mattel they have to deal with. You got Barbie. You have um, a whole bunch of the, the uh, Etch-A-Sketch, all those things. Uh, obviously, that's not Mattel. That's Ohio art. But there's a whole bunch of licenses that's required for all the toys if they would feature it in the game, especially right. as a toy on the game. Yeah, Mattel and Hasbro are the two main players in that. And, and Hasbro, exactly. And that's Hasbro. true. And that's yeah. true. Uh, and that and that's going to create its own set of problems, and I, and I understand that, and I get that, but yeah. and, and see, and I mean, I took you know my daughter to see the Toy Story films when she was little, and I enjoyed them. And I remember, you know, I bought her a Buzz Lightyear when they first came out for Christmas and all that, or whatever. And and you know, they're fun to play with, and they're great. But I mean, at the same time, it's not. It, I just I. It, it's like. This, it's disappointing. Well, it's, it's disappointing. disappointing. And they keep coming up with this, you know, this and that. Well, you know, license and da, da, da. Then don't make the fucking game. Either do it right or don't fucking do it at all. Okay. There's only two ways to do it. The right way and the wrong way. You either exactly. pull. It's like, and there's a great story with Steve Ritchie from years ago. Um, and I want to tell you it's on one of the old, um, this old pinball podcast. I believe it is. So you can go look those up. Um, and they're still available online. They're great shows. Some of the best uh, interviews with industry people ever. Clay Harold did an amazing, amazing job with that podcast. Um, and he talks about Star Trek Next Generation and how the licensing people there at Paramount were just like, well, you can't have any battles. You can't have any laser guns. And you're like, what? Because the fuck is wrong with you people? And then he went to their boss and they're like, I don't know what the hell they were telling you. That's not Star Trek. Do what you want, you know? And, <laughs> and if you yeah. look at Star Trek Next Gen, it's got almost every character from that series and their actual voices. And it's Picard. It's, it's Picard. Picard that's doing the voiceover. You've got Picard. You've got Jordy. You've yeah. got, you know, Data. You've got, um, you know, Commander Riker. You have, I mean, you have, you have Q. You know, even minor characters you have um, yep. and, and all the original voices and they're all in there. The doctor, you know, and, um, you know, and, and the, the modes and the story, you know, and it, it all creates that world and that world under glass. You got all the toys and the gizmos and the art and the sound. You have everything, the total package. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm still, you know, if you look back, that is one of the absolute best uses of a license and giving it the total immersion into that world. Agree. Um, absolutely. Star know, Trek generation. Absolutely. You know um, what I mean? World under glass to, to the full extent of you, what you can do with a license. Well, and, and the other thing too is, you know, it's, and I mean, this is really, 
it's just pinball. But at the same time, you know, like Pat Lawler's done, you know, I mean, he's done, you know, you look, you got, I mean, you go back through his games, you got, um, uh, you know, bonds I run, a vertical play pill. Oh my God. And then Earthshaker, the machine shakes like an earthquake in California, yeah. Nevada, split in half. And then, you know, whirlwind, you got a fan on top. You got three, you know, rotating discs, spinning discs, spinning discs which mm-hmm. still, you know, and then you got Funhouse. You got a ventriloquist, I mean, that talks and moves his eyes and taunts you while you're playing. And then Adam's family, you know, and you, uh, the thing and the magnets and the seance. And then Twilight Zone, where like it has a working gun ball machine the spits right. up and you have an upper right. play field where magnets are the flippers and you know and you have the the power ball that are is affected by the magnets and and on and on and on and you know and then even later games like i mean i love absolutely love uh um ripley's believe it or not great fun underrated game uh give it a second look that might be one we do down the road Good game. Um, good it's game, a good game. Yeah. A solid yeah. game with all kinds of fun stuff in it, you know? Um, the 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 head and uh the upper play field. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff in that game. Um but uh yeah, you know, and then you know, no good gophers in itself had some really cool stuff. The slam ramp. And you look at the game, you're like, what the hell is this? Okay, well, it's got sort of the slam ramp. And uh, it does. And then yeah. only got like one gopher, but it's the little girl. It's the little girl, which is obnoxious that like another character, nobody. It's just like the new Star Wars films, you know, the toys aren't selling us because it's characters. No one likes. No one cares about. You know who everybody likes? Darth Vader. You know who everybody likes? Boba Fett. You know who everybody likes? Luke and Leia and Yoda. OK. And Chewbacca and C-3PO and R2-D2. You know, and and Ben Kenobi and Lando Calrissian, you know, Stormtroopers. It's the stuff we all grew up with. The new characters, right. no one likes. Okay, sorry, is Forky, just, Forky, yeah. really? I know, man. I know. Come it's just, on. Yeah, well, I, just, I think <laughs> though. No, yeah, it's just. It, it's we were disappointing. Really going to do a bit on this, weren't we? <laughs> it, it's disappointing, but the way I look at it, uh, I bet it's fun to play. I bet it has good rule set. I bet it has a great light show. And it's going to shoot great. Right. It's a Lawler it, game. It, it's going to shoot great. It, it will be a fun game. I know it will be, but I, we had two people in Reno that backed out. Press Start backed out, and so did Jason because he was like, it's not worth the money what you pay for what they're putting in the game. It's just not worth it. So, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, um, but I'm excited to see it on location. I, not in Reno, but maybe I know Free Goal Watch has one. I just saw it on Pinball Map and then the one in Denver. So um, I, I'm hopeful it'll be a fun game, but it would be something that uh, I wouldn't pay for. I mean, I was excited about it when it when they announced it, but you know, I, never, uh, I, I never don't know. Really, it just, I never it's too really bad because was. Guns N' Roses was blew me away. Guns N' Roses was a fantastic game. And, and now it's, it's kind of like they're recycling the ideas and nothing really ingenious, but Stern on the other hand is totally changing the ball game. And Godzilla is one of those games that has the wow factor that has the world under glass that has great rule set. that has great sound, great call outs. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, but yeah. Jersey Jack is behind now. Well, Jersey Jack's been behind for a while. Uh, Jersey Jack, you have Steve Ritchie now. I'm going to say it. I, and, and Jack is such a sweet guy. I love Jack. Every time we've ever met a show. And flippers stronger. He's, That's he's, the other he's, thing, too. Yeah, he's Come been on. nothing but a complete gentleman and just a real ambassador for the hobby. But Jack, yeah. brother, you, you got Steve Ritchie now. Don't fuck this up. 
That's exactly. as simple as I can say it. Give him whatever he wants. Give him whatever money he wants. I don't care what it costs. If it costs ten million to develop the game, charge twenty thousand for it. Give him what he wants. Let him do what he wants, and don't fuck this up. And no restrictions. And no Just restrictions. Let him, I, let him do it. Okay. If he wants a flamethrower in the game and and, and and you know and a proton accelerator, let him have it. No one wants the same recycled shit. And and I'm gonna say it. I've been saying it for a long time. And Dan kind of argues him about this because well, what about the jumbotron and the Guns N' Roses? Okay, yeah, that works. Anytime you put an LCD screen, the phone screen, the pad screen inside a game, it's lazy. You're phoning it in. It's bullshit. Stop doing it. You've done it. It's been done. You've done it in every single game. Stop. Stop doing it. Okay. Every single game since, uh, well, okay. In every Pat Waller game, it's in there. It's lazy. It's lazy. It's cheap. And it's bullshit. You are fucking the buyers. You are fucking the consumers. I'll say it right now. I don't care who knows it. It's a fact. You're being like Stern's doing the same thing with Star Wars, putting a little LCD screen up there. That's fucking phony shit in, man, because you spent too much on the license. That was cheap mm-hmm. ass bullshit. And, yep. and I'm tired of it. You know, it's like if I want to play my cell phone, I'll sit in my living room in my exactly. easy chair and play pinball on my cell phone. I do it from time to time. But to pay fifteen thousand dollars. Well, I got a cell phone. Whoopee. That's a that's a that's a hundred and fifty dollar screen. And everybody knows it. If that and they're buying them in bulk. Okay. Right. That's just, it's lazy. Okay. Make a mechanical device that does something cool. Oh, the ship that sinks and pirates, the Rudy head, um, the turbocharger in uh, uh, getaway, uh, you know, the gumball machine. I mean, I can go on and on. Give us a mechanical toy. Give us a mechanical toy. Not a pop up ramp. I'm going to call Jack out on this one. Jack used to always say, he talked about his bagel place back in the beginning, in the days of Wizard of Oz, um, which you're going to be pretty hard pressed other than Twilight Zone to find a game with more stuff in it. Okay. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then Hobbit and then pirates. Oh my God. That's got so much, even, you know, even Wonka, they toned it down a bit, but there's still a lot of cool Wonka stuff still had magic. It still Wonka had magic. And it's had still some a great game. Um, yes. I love, I love dialed in. A lot of people dialed don't like in it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's just like butter. And, yeah. it's, and it's something new and different. Okay. All they did is recycle old stuff he'd done 10 times before. And it's like, really? Come on, man. This is the for his last game. For his last game. You know, and it's like, yeah. whatever, dude. It's like, you know, you. I think, you know, I'm old. I'm tired. I'll cash out. And you know what? Here it is. You know, and he had how many years to do this? He phoned it's too it bad. in. It sucks. It's, it's I'm old and don't give a fuck anymore is what it is. Okay. He phoned right. it in. Or, or maybe who knows? I can be an asshole here. I am. I've been known to be. You know, maybe he's having health issues. Maybe a family member's having health issues. I don't know. You know, and God bless him if, it, if that's the case. But dude, that you, we've seen what you can do. It's a ton better than what you're delivering here. I think. But again, right. I got to play it because I might play it and go, "Damn, this is really fun." Uh, that's what I'm going to think too. And, and I probably I mean, will be. It probably will be. But I'm just like, yeah. like you said, fifteen grand and people are backing out. Fifteen thousand dollars—that's like half the cost of a good new car. You know, yeah, people are backing out here in Reno. We'll I, see. I mean, I, I, like don't, I, said, I don't have time or patience. We can know? we can revisit this when we get to play it, there and you go. we might have different feelings about it. But from initial impressions, like we discussed, doesn't hit all cylinders. Let's get back to real mechanical action pinball. Yes, please. Let's.
let's do that in the next game let's Let's do that let's let's get back to real mechanical action pinball and stop being lazy and stop being cheap and stop blatantly shoving it in the face of the consumer that you're fucking them because you are there we go (laughs) i said my piece okay enough about that let's move on shall we Um, let's move on you have played fathom revisited I did. I got a chance to go over to Jason's house and uh, he just received while I was in Paris out of all places, he was texting me and saying, I just want to let you know the Fathom came in and uh, got to see it. Wow. What a gorgeous machine. Uh, Playfield is amazing. The only drawback I would have to say, the only negative is that the back glass is not as vibrant as the original. It's washed out. Um, I don't know how they can fix that. If you just get a different back glass from the original or uh, from from other companies to get that replaced, but it just seems a little washed out. But the game itself, the playfield and the artwork is true to what Fathom was, and that was a nineteen eighty one game. Is that right? Class of eighty one. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Okay, I got it right. Yeah, so nineteen eighty one. It it did it justice for the look of it and the nice idea that you won't wear the play field because it uses that code or that uh, it's printed underneath the, uh, the plastic or whatever they use for the surface. And uh, you don't have to worry about ruining that artwork, which is really nice to see. Uh, but it's gorgeous. The lighting is beautiful. Um, he of course has the mirror made edition and uh, it has the lighting effect that comes through the, bottom of the cabinet so it feels like you're underwater very cool um i played the new code and it still has a way of of advancing and and getting better but from where it is right now it is fun and it totally changes the game kind of like what funhouse did uh with the uh 2.0 code it has that same feel where it changes the game up but makes you shoot shots that you don't always shoot for but now you're intentionally trying to shoot them to pass the mode. Um, there's some great modes where you have to uh, basically attack the mermaids because they're obviously the bad guys in this game. And if you, you you have an oxygen and in order to keep your oxygen up so you don't die and drown, you have to hit the pop bumpers to build up your oxygen and then shoot for any of the standout targets to finally defeat the mermaids for that mode. Um, there's some great multi-ball action in it. The music is catchy. It's definitely got a, I would say more a nineties sounding kind of like what you'd hear, like on a Sonic. Um, but it still fits with the theme and the music does change up with the multi-balls and everything like that. Uh, but it is, I really had fun with it and I went to the classic version to play it and it, it felt like I was playing a classic 1981 Fathom from Bally. The flipper feel I was very impressed with. Now, I couldn't do tap flip that I wanted to try to do uh, that I can do on an original Fathom. So I didn't quite dial that in yet. But the flipper feel, they did a really good job on not making it too snappy like a Stern flipper or uh, even a Williams flipper. It felt like a Bally flipper. It had that, that same feel. Uh, with maybe a little more strength, like if it was a fresh out of box Bally. Uh, but for the most part, 
the feel was great and it shot beautifully as far as the geometry. I mean, I was ba- able to hit that spinner way better than on an original 1981 fathom. Uh, really uh, impressed the flow and the smoothness of the ball and the, the geometry, of course, from the original is so awesome. Um, but it shot great. And I felt like I didn't feel like I was missing the classic version at all. I felt like I was playing the original, but as a new and improved, the build quality is phenomenal. The cabinet is nice. The artwork on the side, the butter cabinet is beautiful detail. And, uh, the build quality inside the game It's just a really well-built machine, and I know it's taken a long time, but they're obviously taking a lot of care and really being careful on their quality control before they ship those games out. So hats off to Haggis. At least they're shipping games. Yes, it's taken a long time, but the series holder, which Jason is, uh, he did receive his game, and he got the number that he wanted, which was number three. He wasn't three in line, but he got the number three, which matches with his other ones that he wanted and uh it's a great game i I really enjoy it you know i'm excited to see it on location if somebody gets it yeah absolutely the fact that they're getting them out and they're taking their time and they're getting it done right at the end of the day you know what man my hats i I would rather see people go you know what it's gonna take us an extra six months or a year even to get these games to everybody but they're gonna they're gonna have good build quality you're not gonna be having tons of issues we're going to make sure that everything is really tight. Because, I mean, you know, look, people release games where half shit won right. You know, shit's breaking. You People had to take the game apart and adjust stuff to get things to shoot right. You know, and that's when you're plunking down any amount of money, but especially the kind of money people are plunking down today. Um, you know, I, I applaud that. Plus the fact that they got to ship them literally halfway around the world to get them to America. It's not exactly. like you just put it on a truck and hey, it'll be here Tuesday. You know, it's got to go on a cargo ship and, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, heck it's what, Oh gosh, it's all the way from Australia. Well, you know, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking from San Francisco to Honolulu by ship is three to three to four days, you know, and that's a short run. So you think, uh, 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 you know, a cargo ship, which is going to go slower than a passenger. Um, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at probably two to three weeks to get that thing from Australia to the shores of America and then on a truck and then to your house, depending on where you live, you know, you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at a solid month, man, just to get it from Australia to here, you know? So, and and the other thing, Spencer, where I really like about the game and they were being a little innovative is how they put the screens on each side of the, um, uh, what is that called again? Oh, Sorry. the apron? The, the apron, thank you. Oh, the score, like where the scorecards and stuff are. What a great concept and what a great way to be able to see what you have to do in the game without losing sight of your ball at your flippers. You can kind of have peripheral vision and see what's going on way better than putting a screen up on the backlash. So hats off to Haggis for thinking a little more creatively and thinking, you know what, if we can look and keep track of where the ball is with our flippers and also see the screen at the same time, what a concept. And I know Jersey Jack did that with pirates, right? but it still didn't, it, it, it still was kind of hard to see because it was like right directly below the flippers right? where on the side, it seemed like it was a lot easier to just kind of glance over and not miss your shot, but see what you had to do 
or your progress through the mode. Yeah. And I, I was really impressed with the resolution of them, the brightness and the placement of them and how they were equal size. One had the score and the other one had the objective of the actual, um, you know, where you were in the mode and stuff like that. Uh, it even had like things from the classic game. And what was nice too, is you could switch while the game was on. You didn't have to reboot the game to switch from classic mode to the revisited mode. Uh, it was really nice to see it in person and play it. And I was impressed. I thought it was really, really well done. No, that's cool. I'm looking forward to it. You know, and the class of 81, that one's not my favorite. It's clearly the artwork is amazing. The layout's good. Um, I mean, I've always liked the game. Um, Centaur has always been my favorite, uh, probably of the, of the two. Um, and then you have, uh, um, uh, I'm going to probably miss a game or two. I'm not looking at it on my phone or anything right now. I'm guessing, um, Flash Gordon is in that lineup. I own it. That's, you know, been a, a, a grail game that I've been chasing for years and finally was able to get one a couple of years ago. Thanks to a good friend, uh, Greg O. Um, you know, shout out to Greg, um, who gave me a screaming deal on a Flash Gordon. Needed a bit of work, but, um, with the gang's help, you know, Cheddar and, and, um, Dan and, uh, Brian, uh, cast all help get that thing up and running. Um, it still runs great now. Um, what else? Uh, eight ball deluxe, another fantastic game. And then another one I've been chasing down for a while, um, Medusa, you know, all class of 81 games and, um, all fantastic in their own right. But yeah, that one's a beautiful game. It's got a great layout. I mean, it's, you know, the way the balls lock uh, behind, you know, you knock down the, uh, the drop targets and you have the, the inline drops, you have the locks. Um, the new code makes it fun to play. I'm telling you right now. It, it sounds really like it. You adds know, a lot to the game. Well, it really I, does. I, I was, you remember how skeptical I was about Funhouse, And after playing the 2.0 code, I rethought it and went, oh, you know what, man? This is really pretty good. I still don't care for the artwork. And, I, and I'm glad that it's really good. You know, they did a nice job. And then you can still go back and play the original. True. On the same game. Yeah. Just like game. what you can do on Fathom. Yep. Yeah. And just like what you can do with, yeah, with also with, with uh, Funhouse and also like with uh, um, Bride of Pinbot, you know, 2.0 Bride of Pinbot's fantastic. But it's still, you know, sometimes you just want to play the traditional old original game. So the ability to do that with just a flip of the switch is really, really nice. You know, and I'm glad they're uh, doing that. So, And what's really nice is the, uh, like when you have the bonus, you have the blue and you have the green bonus. It it shows like the blue bonus on the one screen and that shows the green bonus on the right. Or I can't remember if it's the other way around, but it, it basically shows both bonus as it's going up using, utilizing both screens, which is neat. And when you play the classic version, it even tells you the rules teaching you how to play the game, even in the classic mode. So it's, it's, it's good. I really like it. I'm, I, I kept playing it over and over again when I was over there and it had a lot of replayability in it. Um, and as the code even gets better, it will be even more solid with the extended version or the 2.0 code. Right on, man. No, that's cool. I'm looking forward to playing it and I, and I'm really glad they're doing it because, you know, I mean, I like all the new stuff like that, but my favorite era is like between 80 and 90, you know? And, uh, cause I was, you know, that's an era I was playing, well, really from about 75, 76 
I was playing a lot of pinball. But then, you know, when Solid State hit, you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, and then all these new, you know, things because, you know, your video games coming in, you know, and things like, you know, um, Space Invaders and Lunar Lander and Asteroids and Missile Command, Galaxian, Galaga, you know, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man. You had all those and they were great. But you had, you know, the evolution of pinball, if you look like, look at Fathom, look at Centaur, look at, you know, um, um, you know, um, Black Knight, you know, and, and, uh, then, you know, a little later Space Shuttle and High Speed and, you know, and Pinball. And then up until, you know, um, Whirlwind was 1990. Whirlwind and, um, Earthshaker. Earthshaker. Um, I think Funhouse was like at the very Fun end House of 1990. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then 91 was, uh, um, um, the, the, uh, Bride of Pinbot. So, but you Bride look at that evolution, you know, and, and all these other great games, you know, Black Hole and, 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 uh, 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 you know, Spirit and, um, you know, Haunted House and, you know, the data, the first data East machines, you know, with, uh, um, Laser War and uh, 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 Time Machine and, you know, like that. Um, with Secret Service. I, I love that game. Um, but you look at the evolution, everything they had going on, you know, all the toys and the gizmos and the ramps and the multiball. And, you know, uh, the early Data East had stereo. You know, it sounded great for the time. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, it did. It yeah, it was really, stereo. yeah. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at that time frame, you know, and, and you look at games like like you know Flash Gordon and um, or just the original Flash and Ape All Deluxe and um, I mean just all those games, man, and you know just all those games that came out from all the companies and they were really so experimental and not afraid to try something new with a sound or music or lights or you know a new feature and you know. And like, oh, a bash toy or, oh, a ramp or this or, you know, you know what I mean? It was, and it was a, still a lot of original light unlicensed themes. And it was just a magical time when we were young. You know, I remember the first time uh, seeing and playing Funhouse and going, what the hell, man? You know, there's a talking head in the He's game. Talking. That, that, He's like, talking with his, with his mouth moving with his actual words. Yeah. Not just, yeah. you know, yeah. it was like he's alive yeah, in the I, machine and I, it's creepy. I still remember ditching junior <laughs> high and sneaking over to the bowling alley to play flash and Gorgar, you know, because Gorgar was the first talking machine and it had a magnet in it, you know? And, uh, we were just like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know? Um, yeah, my wife loved, uh, Bunhouse. She loved that. Hey, bucko. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. She, it, she loved, she loved all the, the taunting that Rudy did while you were playing. And she was like re-quoting those lines. She actually, I'm sure she would not have anything against me getting a fun house. Cause she got a kick out of that game. Fun house is very polarizing. People either love or hate it. Yep. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like really, I think yep. a lot of people are really with, you know, with, um, you know, going back real quick to, to, you know, Pat Law and Toy Story. It's like, and again, I don't know what's going on in his personal life. You know, maybe he's not well, maybe he's got a family member. I, who knows, you know, so I shouldn't judge. Um, but it's just, it's disappointing because like every time he came out with a new game, we're like, holy crap, what's he going to do next? You Something know? new that you was know, exciting. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh, a video screen again. Really? This is what you've got. 
Come yeah, on, man. Another one. You made a talking mm-hmm. dummy head. You made a gumball machine. You know, you made the, you had a, you know, it's CSI. A lot of people don't like that. I love that game. You got the telescope, you know, that turns and, uh, you know, looks at yeah. the ball. That yeah. Is, I, and you got the little skull that pops up. You pop the balls into the eye sockets. You're like, that's cool. You know, even that game. And, went, and that was at a time when Stern was like, let's just do what we can and not spend a lot of money because we don't have much money to spend. Even then, they were still putting out, you know, like people just rip on that game in 24. I love both those games. Well, as pinball enthusiasts, the most memorable things of pinball games is the mechanical wow factor of things that create character to that game. And like you said, when you think of 24, you think of the suitcase right. immediately. Right. Boom. Right. When you think of, and I'm thinking of more or less popular, like you said, CSI, you think of the microscope. Right. Yeah. It's just a microscope spinning around, but the way it was integrated into the game. Right. Was perfect for CSI. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you're like, okay, maybe they're doing tiki party or something like that, which we do know that they were inside of an EM machine uh, as part of the right. the movie and Toy Story 4. But yeah, why a screen? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> are they trying to do carnival games on it? I, I don't know. I mean, I know I had the Toy Story video game and it's like, is that where we're going? And then we're combining pinball with a carnival theme. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. It's just, yeah. We're talking about fathom. <laughs> so, but no, yeah. I'm really excited to play it. I'm really glad they're getting it out there to the masses and that people are able to play Like, you, you know, it's really funny when you talk about that stuff and like, you know, when I took the kids to, to, you know, like the trail life kids to, um, to the, uh, the museum, you know, and, and a couple of the kids are like, you know, they're playing the newer games. Like, these are awesome. But, you know, go go to the EM room, too, and, and try some of the really old games because you're never going to see these anywhere else. And exactly. they come back and they play and they're playing really old games. And there was a couple of kids that spent a really long time playing, you know, the old wood rails and stuff like these are really neat. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, and this this technology is, you know, this is from 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, the yeah. magic with no digital, yeah. but all mechanical. All mechanical. Think about that, how they did that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, you know? And just, you know, seeing the kids go, oh, this is really cool and this is really fun. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the newest technology or anything. And, that, and they're still enjoying themselves. Like, that's the magic of pinball. You know, it can be exactly. a really old game, you know, and, and you know, and uh, and you can really have a good time with it. I'm going to go ahead and do a quick little funny story and then I'm going to do my shout out. You can do your shout out. So, okay. um, um, a lot going on. And I talked, and I talked to Dan about this briefly, even before Golden State Pinball Festival. Um, I resigned from my position of the company I worked for for almost 23 years. And I did it right after I got back from Golden State Pinball Festival. And I kind of knew I was gonna, and I, and I left on good terms, you know, and everybody, we're all cool. Um, it was just time, you know, there's just a point in time where with everything else, with the move, it was really, really difficult to try to, to drive the boat, so to speak, from 1200 miles away. Um, it was just time, you know, it's just time to move. So I, I, uh, I took a new position at a, a local company here, not in pest control. So I'm the new guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not in pest control. So, um, Anyway, so it's really cool. The pay is about the same. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, it's actually a lot less stress, 
because I'm not in a position of um, management where I was before. I'm just, I, I have my duties and I do them and I go home at night. The phone doesn't ring at one o'clock in the morning anymore. It's, it, it's nice. Um, so great story about this. We moved out here and when we moved, I had just bought a new, me Rusty, bought, bought a new washer and dryer literally six months before we moved out here to the new house. Cause our owners were getting, you know, like we're, they were, they were still hanging on. Like we got to get new washer and dryer. So we did. So when we moved here, the the previous owners have left a working washer and dryer in the basement. Okay, well, I, my games are sitting in the garage, you know, soldiered up because uh, I had ordered an Escalera because I'm not going to try to drag games downstairs and get too old. So um, the Escalera took about eight, nine weeks to get here. It got here. And uh, first thing I did was move the old washer and dryer out, put the new ones in. And so I got sitting on the back deck. And I'm like, okay. So Russ is like, well, we can, you know, put them for sale cheap. I'm like, you know what? We've had so many blessings. Let's just put them on Craigslist for free. Somebody who really could use a washer and dryer and doesn't have a lot of money, you know, pay it for. She's like, you know, great idea. So I do that. And a nice couple comes and they're like, oh my God, I really needed these right now. Like, awesome, man. Good luck to you folks. And uh, so here it is a year later. <laughs> so I'm at my new job and the, um, the boss's brother, he has a different business, but he helps out part-time. And um, so he comes in, he goes, you're not going to believe this. I delivered today. Um, it's package delivery is what it is. So um, it's one of the major companies in shipping. And because uh, route, you know, like I'm used to doing route work because I did pest control route work for years. So I'm like, all right, cool. I can do this. And uh, so um, he's like, yeah, I went because I talked to a couple of guys and, you know, there I met a guy there and he has a pinball machine and then he has a, a, uh, a virtual pin. And another guy doesn't have any games, but he's into it. He loves it. He's been looking for a game. So I started, you know, talking about pinball, meeting people. So <laughs> the boss's brother comes in. And the next morning, he goes, you're not going to believe this, man. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, I'm out at this blah, blah, blah road, and uh, I'm delivering this package. And the lady's like, oh, yeah, you're not, you're you're the, the boss's brother. Yeah, you know, it's like, where's the other guy? Well, he left, but we got a new guy. You're really going to like him. He's from California, but he's not a jerk. He's really nice. And she goes, and she goes, is that the pinball guy? He goes, how the hell did you know that? So he's like, he, he really nice guy. He goes, yeah, we were at his house, you know, and he's talking about pinball and he gave us a washer and dryer and that's how we met him. And I guess, because I couldn't believe that. So now all the people in, in, in the building, they all call me the pinball guy. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it's like, oh, pinball guy. Hey, good morning. How are you? You know? <laughs> so, and then, um, cause I don't know if you know, Jeffrey Starr lives out here. Yeah, I know Jeffrey Starr lives out there and yeah. he's big, building a place. Yeah, big into pinball. So um huge. Yeah, yeah. So I talked to him, you know, on Pinside when I said, Hey, I'm moving out. And he's like, Oh, awesome, you know, get together and haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, but you know, I met a couple of other local pinheads. So but that was just a fun story. It was just like it's like when she goes, Is that the pinball guy? <laughs> like, How the hell did you know that? So <laughs> that's a funny story. Yeah, so that was it. So my shout out tonight is to all the gang there and um you know and, and welcoming me in and and uh you know making me one of your own they've been really great um i want to shout out to the flipper room a few people as soon as the show was over that couldn't make the show golden state pinball festival um or maybe maybe just didn't pick up a poster um they have this year's show posters available 
Um, you can go to their website, you can go to their Facebook page, get the website information. Just type in, you know, Google search the flipper room in uh, Concord, California. So they have this year's show poster. They have past year's show posters from both Golden State Pinball Festival and past year's Pinagogos. So if you're looking for this year's show poster, if you're looking for past year's show posters, um, they have a limited stock. So hit them up and you can pick up a show poster for the one you might be looking for, hopefully. And, uh, you know, they're awesome and they do a lot for the community. So let's support them. And, uh, I, you know, some of the shout outs and, uh, and thank you as always, man, I could do a whole show on that. Yeah, man, that's, that's what I got right now. So. Well, my shout out is, uh, to my mother and my, uh, wife, uh, and my brother and everybody, uh, having a wonderful time in Greece and given that opportunity for us to spend time as a family and also having my mom understand that I'm passionate about pinball and that she encouraged me and was supportive of me to take off and go to the Paris pinball museum on my own. And, uh, it was nice that, uh, she gave her blessing. Let's put it that way. She's like, no, you should go. You should go after all these weeks. Absolutely. So that was really encouraging. And, uh, Thank you to, and I wish I could remember your name. I should have written it down, but thank you for letting me inside, uh, even though you were closed and giving me an opportunity to witness history right in front of me, uh, to play all the games and to photograph them, video them and see history from the forties all the way up to the sixties and seventies and experience that at the Paris Pinball Museum. And I'm hoping Raphael is okay. Thank you, Raphael. I, I don't know if uh, you texted me back or you emailed me back, but I did send you an email and I uh, hope to hear from you. hope you're doing okay. But shout out to the Paris Pinball Museum uh, for offering an amazing collection and sharing it with the rest of the world. And it's just a shame that it's not open to the public anymore, but I had the golden opportunity to make it work. And I'm very blessed to be able to see that. So. Thank you. Right on, man. I'm really glad that you got to see that because that's something that, you know, I was like, oh, you know, if I ever get to Europe and get to Paris, you know, I'd love to go see that museum because, you know, seeing a little bit of video clip from uh, Spe- uh, Special One Lit. Oh, my God, the collection looks amazing, you know, and you don't see that everywhere, you know, so. And that's how I knew about it. I knew about it from watching that documentary. That's and, awesome. And then I, of course, looked it up on the web and. And sure enough, it was really close to where I was at. So I was like, I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity. And I took advantage of it and I got to go and I can't say that I missed out on it. So it was really nice to, to see it in person. No, that's awesome, man. Especially since, you know, the future is looking, you know, like it might not be there. So I'm glad you got to do that. So exactly. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Dan had to end up, you know, he's having some technical difficulties and then I found to leave early, some personal stuff going on and uh, wish everybody well. I'm sure everything's fine and he'll be back soon. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I'll go ahead and take us out. Everybody, please keep listening. Thank you for your support to all our, uh, to all our listeners out there. Um, you can listen to us on our home, our flagship at SoundCloud and at iTunes. So support those. We're on those two platforms. So you can pick us up there. Just keep enjoying pinball, man. Don't, it's not about the money. It's not about the collectability. It's about playing a game and having a good time by yourself with a family member, with a friend. 
and just enjoy the simple pleasure of just flipping the ball around, making the things do what they do and having a good time. It's just, it's just fun. Keep it fun. Keep pinball fun. Keep playing. Keep sharing it with friends. Keep enjoying it and uh, play pinball. Keep America strong.